That's right, viewers of the best and only currently, I think, or unless that other show just started, but for the time being, the only rinkside podcast. It is Potty and Chewy here bringing in uh, a grand day ahead of us. Uh, we've got a, a peck program in store, but before we get into things, Chewy, let's take a moment to you know, slow things down and uh, admire the things that we can appreciate in life. What's what's going on in Chewy's corner? Yeah, so a lot going on this week. Uh, lots to talk about. I'm super excited right now. So in about 36 hours, I'll be getting on a flight to the DR, Dominican Republic, uh, to spend the week with my wife on the beach. I'm already started prepping. I'm not wearing pants for this interview, so uh, I got to get in the zone, have the beer. And uh, I also got some hockey cards I'm going to showcase today real quick uh, that I picked up. But a uh, couple of uh, Detroit cards from the new artifacts. I'm just going to pop them real quick. Mark Stahl with an autograph right there. And uh, Moritz Sider rookie card. And uh, we also got another Moritz Sider rookie card. There's two more here. For any uh, Flurry fans, we got a nice Flurry Chicago card. And then lastly, a sick-looking uh, young guns for this Wyatt, uh, Wyatt Kalyanuk guy. But uh, that's my added cards for the week. I have a couple more, hopefully, in a couple weeks to show you guys, too. How about you, Potty? How's well, it going on your side? Well, you know, the view from Potty's penthouse is doing pretty good right now. It's set up, you know, in Florida now. We have had a bit of change of scenery, but it's been a good transition so far wanted to shout out to chewy and leathers from dublin organization in particular for everything that they did to help get me where i am today uh, so potty's penthouse is doing pretty good in real life uh you know my girlfriend's been out of town for two and a half weeks she's been in italy it's been like a good time of course i missed her but it's been a good time been eating well and um I don't think that she actually watches the show. I know she's subscribed to the show, but I don't think that she's going to watch this and figure it out. But anyway, she comes back on Wednesday. So tomorrow I paid cleaners to come here for two and a half hours to, cl <laughs> to clean the place. Then I'm going to go buy a bunch of flowers and put them in like the kitchen, living oh, room, nice. all this. So it's going to like look better than when she left it. So, you know, I'm going to get some brownie points there. So yeah, things are going pretty well. Sweet. Yeah, it doesn't matter how it gets done, right? As long yes. as it's uh, done. But uh, yeah, uh, if there's nothing else, uh, we could quickly talk about that trade if you want to. Uh, yeah. Real quick. Let's yeah, talk so, about uh, it. So I'll run the trade here. It, it was a big one. Uh, so we got uh, traded away from Dublin. Obviously, you potty. You went to Florida with your boys uh, rice cake and crispy bacon. And um, Dublin ended up receiving uh, from Florida, Rock Steel, Tom Edwards, as well as uh, Not Satisfied from uh, Melbourne. Uh, and then Florida sent Nate Ironsides to Melbourne in the deal with Dublin getting a couple picks. And uh, yeah, let's talk about the trade, why it happened, uh, and, and the reasoning behind it. So. Yeah. So, like, first question is, how did Dublin walk away with, you know, all the money and the guns, you know, from the 
uh, yeah, that one really, you know, worked out well, I think, for all parties involved, particularly for Dublin. Uh, How did that kind of come to fruition? Yeah, so obviously uh, you joined the Dublin staff last season. You're a huge part of the league uh, with ringside and, and a lot of the other work you do. And on the team end, you're running Warsaw. Um, and you obviously reached out kind of early in the season, mentioning that you had, uh, I guess, intentions of taking ownership one day. And uh, we talked about all the options. Trev also was looking for some help on his team early in the season. And after lots of talking and uh, figuring out what was best for everyone, I think it was like probably two weeks of, of figuring out what everyone wanted to do. We came to agreement with uh, Trev, and you, we could talk about this more, but obviously you're a co-owner now in Florida. And um, yeah, if you want to talk more about that. Yeah, you know, co-ownership is something that, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for to be sharing, you know, with uh, Trevor uh, down uh, in Florida. Um, it's uh, what uh, I think like, a natural kind of growth for somebody that starts off as like a minor league coach, um, then you'd kind of aspire to apply some of these like team leadership kind of, um, particularly for me, it's in like the analytical kind of like rigor of kind of capturing data, identifying trends, being able to change things and measure them through like a scientific approach, uh, which you want to replicate at like the highest level of competition, which naturally goes from the minor leagues to the, the pro leagues. So it's uh, really good for me. And, um, you know, you know, again, happy to be sharing this journey with Cake and Bacon. I think that, um, uh, you know, Cake having came here from the Bucks with me, um, you know, we had a really great first season. And I think we still, if we had stayed on Dublin, would have had a good season. But I think that um, we were kind of looking for a little bit of a, a jolt or a shakeup to influence us. And then I think Bacon's just along for the ride. He's looking for somebody that understands like a pretty big like type of build that he is and then can provide yeah. that. So that's kind of, I think, where all the players from our side of the house. How did the Melbourne players kind of fold into things? Yeah, just uh, I guess just based off team needs. Um... You know, we like, obviously, we had you and Bacon, who are two big uh, players, and we wanted to make sure that we didn't lose that. So uh, we talked to, to I, um, sorry, talked to Satisfied, and he was interested in exploring other options, too. The conversation went great with him. He was interested in joining us. Uh, Nate, obviously, was interested in Melbourne being uh, the Vancouver coach. So he's still, he was kind of connected with, uh, with Melbourne, it I feel like it worked out for everyone, um, and like it was kind of funny actually. So you mentioned that you and Kate came from Atlant- the Atlantic Bucks, uh, not satisfied, and Rock Steel were also both uh, with you guys on that Cup winning Bucks team. So out of the six players, four Bucks were traded. It's cool to see, and um, yeah, I mean, super excited on our end because today. Uh, not satisfied, got his first assist, and Rock Steel got his first power play goal with Dublin. So, uh, oh. it's, I'm happy to see that uh, they were able to produce on their first game, and uh, hopefully, Potty, uh, Bacon, and Cake start uh, start putting up some good numbers in Florida. I'm gonna love watching watching you guys play. Absolutely, and we need to take a 
a momentary pause to verify was not satisfied on the Atlantic Bucks. I'm searching. Uh, what what do I look under? League think, staff, uh, minors. Go to record, the cup. The cup here. Okay. Season three, Atlantic Bucks. Uh, maybe I was wrong. I know my Bucks. Yeah, I was wrong. Rock Steel was definitely there. Rock Steel I, I was guess there. I got, yeah. Rock Steel said not satisfied was there, so maybe uh, oh, Rock, he gave me this info. Wait, he maybe, gave me this info. <laughs> maybe he was talking about the World Cup. Was oh, the yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah, that that could be true because he he did coach the gold uh, winning cup team. Yeah. But hey, still three half half the players were Bucks. Still cool to see. Yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely, that is true. All right, well, uh, let's see. So. Turn in our agenda. We've got a uh, little special here on a few attributes. Oh, what are we looking at? We are looking at... Oh, actually, we got the standings real quick. So here are the standings. And we've got Florida in fourth place. Um, and that's uh, tied with Jacksonville. What do you know? And, oh, if my eyes kind of wander down there a little bit below there, we see Dublin, um, and then there's some other teams kind of, Honolulu's uh, holding it down. Uh, but Melbourne's, you know, they're making a real good effort to take last place, though. Um, yeah, so, don't, be, uh, don't be too quick to talk there, because after today's scores, we are tied with you guys. So, oh, okay. Um, it's, it's close, but... One big shout out I want to do here is for uh, the Turku Finns. They're on a four week, three week, sorry, win streak. Undefeated in the past three weeks. I don't think they've played today, but uh, good for them. And uh, yeah, I mean, the middle of the pack's kind of shifting. Um, nothing too, nothing too crazy. Tennessee's kind of popping up, which is cool to see. They passed uh, Albuquerque, Rome, San Diego, so. We'll have to keep an eye on them later in the season. Oh, yes, we will. And keeping an eye on things, we're going to shift over to the minors. Um, as we can see, we've got Iceland, who are 11-2, which is disgusting how you can have a record like that. It's crazy. Wow. Um, that's, that's great. And if you look at last place, you'd think 11-2. Man, I bet dead last is like 3-10 or something. Um, but it's actually 6-8 which is, you know, not a bad record at all. That's like last place. So it's a pretty, yeah. tight, pretty tight competition here. Yeah, well, between second and uh, last, it's six points. It's a week. Yeah. A week can change it all. So uh, congratulations to Gunny in Iceland, his first season coaching uh, the ice, Iceland ice. Uh, good for you, Gunny, and uh, keep it up. Yes, there we go. And we're going to move on to our discipline, body checking, and penalty infraction minutes table. So, oh, what are we looking at? Look at this beautiful, colorful thing. It's got green and red, white. What are we looking at? Okay, so we were wondering um, for teams that have very high body checking, um, I, when I was playing the game, right, I noticed that like potty um, and be a pro um, when I've had lower discipline, uh, excuse me, when I had like a, a 70 body checking in a 70 
discipline. I would get a lot of like elbowing penalties or whatnot whenever I did it. And as like my body checking increased, that there was like a higher frequency of me actually like checking people. But then there was kind of like a decrease in the likelihood. But certainly when I increased my discipline, then I would have just more solid hits and less like penalties, infractions. So what I did was I thought, okay, what if we were to break down three categories? We got discipline, body checking, and penalty infraction minutes. And if we were to rank all the teams by discipline, you know, it would be Albuquerque would have the highest discipline out of everyone. Interesting, right? Right. Um, Then we do body checking and we get teams like Las Vegas. And then we have penalty infraction minutes. And this one's kind of reverse. So having the fewest is actually the best. So Red Water's uh, there with 23. So then we did like, then we did an average of these three things and then ranked them. So um, this, you know, Albuquerque is ranked number one because they're a one in discipline, a five and a three. Do you see how that kind of works out? Okay. So I guess looking at it, uh, like for me, I'd be looking at like the biggest outliers. Yes. Like a team with like super high body checking and like super low discipline, but like maybe less penalty minutes. So was there any, um, I guess, interesting teams when you uh, did this? Yeah. So um, there were three. So number one was Albuquerque, um, which showed that, you know, they have, uh, you know, the fifth highest body checking. So they're putting in work when they're like throwing out hits. But because they have that that number one discipline, they're only, they're actually third in penalty minutes, which is fantastic. So they're that number one. We kind of touched on them. Second was Melbourne. Uh, You know, I got a, a, for the martyrs over there, they are (laughs) uh, last place in discipline. They have no discipline. Um, So such self-sacrifice for no discipline. Um, but they also are number three in body checking. So they actually have some muscle to like back it up and their penalty infraction minutes are only are number five. So I found that interesting. So they had the lowest discipline of really high up body checking and their rank wasn't that high. So that makes me think that um, as long as your body checking is higher than, you know, if you're throwing out uh, hits and whatnot, you're not going to be like taking penalties. So interesting. Uh, okay. So if, yeah, yeah, because I'm looking here. So, like, Rome is, like, 12th ranked in discipline, 14th in body checking, and, like, 12th in PIMS. So, it's looking like even if you have low discipline, like Melbourne, right. and you kind of level it out with your body checking, it kind of evens out. Yeah. Uh, Kind of you see it with Dublin a little bit, middle of the pack. I guess it's interesting, Jacksonville, they're, like, ninth discipline, but worst body checking, but still middle of the pack. Yeah. So... That's, uh, yeah, that's definitely interesting that uh, Melbourne has the worst discipline, but, but still like middle of the pack in, in penalty minutes. Yeah. And, you know, we try to like visualize it here. Um, the one thing that's kind of interesting is like, and you can't see my mouse cursor, but um, there is like, you know, you see like the size of these circles, the bigger they are, the more penalty infraction minutes. And if you see Redwater, it's almost like not visible on here. That's more of a scaling issue. It should be visible. Maybe the color is white or something, but it's actually really small because they only have 24. But this is another way to identify, uh, you know, outliers from body checking or whatnot. But, um, you know, that kind of covers uh, the the thing. 
the stuff. Yeah, because I know we talked about mm -hmm. last week, right? And then we wanted to dive dive more into it. So this is this is really cool info, actually. Yeah. Well, sweet. Well, let's uh let's move on over to our plays of the week. Do, 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 do. All right, starting us off, we have by uh, popular demand in of the utmost request, we've got Mighty Duck coming in across one crease to the other. Oh, watch this. Oh, fantastic. Wow. And that was not only Mighty Duck's first goal in the pros, it was also Mighty Duck's first goal ever. He never scored a goal in the minors. So this was his first goal ever. Congratulations, Duck. Yes. Next up, we got uh, Leathers the Magician. Here we go. Leathers fighting for the puck here. Ends up stealing it off San Diego and shoots it right through Lassic, and he ends up <laughs> knocking it in himself. It uh, it looks like he, he gave some compulsion to Lassic to, to just tap it in for him there. Oop. Oops. Oop. All right. Um, and next up, we've got coming around the bend, you know, Gladiators battling for it. We've got somebody gets it to Brown and Brown. Congratulations. First career pro goal. That, uh, that might be false. He did play in the pros last season and he ended up going back to the minors. But it is his first goal as a, as a unicorn. Okay. I, I, I do believe he scored last year for... Um, Melbourne. He he played on Melbourne last year. All right. Well, Joe, you better figure out your story if somebody's out there claiming <laughs> that you this is your first pro goal. So, all right, number four. Next up, we got our boy Chester Chess against Florence. He ends up putting in three. That's his hat trick goal. He actually got traded from Florence to Albuquerque, so that's a little bit of salt in the wound. And against his former goalie, Bacigalupi. Ooh, Bachigalupe. Well, you know, speaking of Pokemon, if I had a Pokemon in my deck right now, <laughs> it would be Alakazam because, boom, did you see that? There was some psychic wizardry from a warlock where Vivieros from somewhere in between here and, and I didn't cut that wow. video, <laughs> you know, somehow a goal came and we will watch this one last time. Uh, but yeah, that was... And those were our plays of the week. All right. Chewy, are you ready? Uh, oh, let's go to our double. Are you ready? I think we have a... What do we have in store today? Yeah, we, we have a... Well, before this, uh, or after this, we have a special guest, uh, Deputy Commissioner Doug Britton. But uh, before we have that... We're going to go through this week's top five, which, uh, based on some votes, ended up being our top five video games. And uh, I'll start off by saying uh, this was probably one of the toughest, like, top, I, I spent, like, all week with my wife, like, trying to figure out what my top five video games were. So before we start with our top five, I'm going to just put out three, like, uh, like notable games. And uh, that's going to be Overwatch and uh counter-strike go and rainbow six siege the reason they weren't in my top five is because i did play these games like semi-professionally so like in tournaments and and like for money and stuff so like like i could have easily put them in but like 
they weren't like my fit like like i played it like for money so i don't know i wanted to choose five other games but i wanted to put these out there because i do love these games i probably like total maybe four to five thousand hours with like all three games played so i needed to put that up there because they like took up most of my life but uh, we can go to our top fives and and potty let's start with you what is your number five video game well, hold up. I got to have my list of honorable oh, mentions sorry. as well. You know, I, you know, for the record, I was not paid for these and I did not spend four to 5,000 hours, but, uh, you know, I wanted to cover a few bases. So, uh, you, we've got one of, one of the ones I forgot was like RTS games as a whole. Uh, so I don't have to list all these. You should probably re recognize them by their icons, but, uh, those are my honorable mentions. Yeah, so, that just goes to show how hard this top five was, that, like, you needed the honorable men. I th feel like we could have been, like, a top 15 easily on, yes. this, uh, on this category. So, so, number five, we've got, uh, ooh, what's that, SNK? Do, 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 do. <laughs> baseball Stars. Oh, that's right, the Baseball Stars. This was an NES game. 1989, it came out. It had 14 teams, including the American Dreams, Ninja Black Sox, and uh, the lovely ladies. You know, let me tell you, the Ninja Black Sox, I was reading that, and I said, wow, what a killer name. In fact, that's such a killer name. I'm going to go to ninjablacksox.com. I went to it, nothing popped up, so I bought it, and now it redirects to potty.com. So you can type in ninjablacksox.com, <laughs> and it'll redirect to potty.com. But this was my number five game, Baseball Stars. Nice. And, and for well, you, number five. Yeah, so my number five is Shadow of War, Middle Earth. So uh, this is the second installment of the Mordor games. I think the first, or the, so the first one was Shadow of Mordor. Uh, this one's Shadow of War. The reason this is in my top five, I've played through it three times, the, total, the full campaign. Uh, the really cool thing about this is when you die, it impacts the game. Like, it impacts your enemies. So when you die, whoever kills you will, like, rank up. So if you get killed by, like, some nobody NPC that, like, has no name in the game, the game will then give them a name, make them a captain, and then, like, become your nemesis. And same with, like, other captains. So every time you die from someone, they level up, and the game gets harder. Uh, and you can also, like, recruit uh, orcs and stuff like that to your... Uh, army because uh, of the ring of the ring that uh, you have so you can recruit your army rank them up it's such an intuitive game uh like i love it so much i've spent so many hours playing this uh the playthroughs are completely different because of the the army you could put together and if you haven't played this this is probably like one of the best open world campaign games that uh that you could play and if you're a big lord of the rings guy i mean like how can you not play a lord of the rings game Exactly. And I'll always remember in the second movie where they ran up to that hill, Gimli played that from the really big horn. Oh, that was so sick. Uh, and moving on to number four, we've got Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. Um, you know, I certainly remember the 360. I had a Wii. I never really got into Brawl or Melee, but... Um, Ultimate, uh, I definitely did. Um, and, you know, my mains here, we've got Ganon doing a flying leg kick. And we've got Wolf 
Um, so I like the heavy builds, uh, but those are mine, and that is number four. Nice. My uh, my my main is uh, Bowser in uh, oh, big boy. But number four, we got we got the classic old school RuneScape. I think in uh, school, like when I was in elementary school, I think I spent every afternoon after school playing this game. You know, mining, cutting down trees, going into the wild, you know, trading. It was uh, like it's just a classic. I, I still have it actually. So like obviously they have like the new school RuneScape. I'm not a fan. I like the old school stuff. I still play it. You know, I'm a big miner. Uh that's kind of what I focus on. But uh I mean I think everyone's played this game. It's it's just a classic. It's it's you, you can't beat it. Ooh. You know it's good when it's got old school in the name. Uh <laughs> and that was number four. So number three We've got, oh, Guitar Hero oh, 3 nice. Legends of Rock. And, you know, shout out to uh, Chewie. You're not going to be able to hear the music, but they're playing the music. This is my favorite song. Um, it is uh, Knights of Sidonia uh, by Muse. And this is the part that's like the hardest solo uh, to get in this guy's five star. But we'll kind of close this down and move over to your number three. Yeah, so number three, State of Decay 2 Juggernaut Edition. Uh, I started playing this game actually pretty recently, and I've probably played through it 25 times. It's not like a, it's, I don't know, it's a campaign, but like it's a quick one. Like you could probably play it in like a couple weeks. Uh, and that's, I don't know, quick to me, I guess. But um, it's uh, it's probably the best zombie game I've played. It's a very, like, building, crafting, looting zombie game. And uh, they add a lot of, like, storylines to it and recruit. Like, I love the recruitment aspect and, like, building, like, your society. So you kind of do this in this game. You make choices that affect uh, your people and, and yourself. Um, State of Decay 3 is in, like, uh getting made right now so i'm super excited for that game but uh the really cool thing about state of decay 2 is again whatever you do impacts like you later so if you like build a good society and then once you complete the game they go into like a pool of players that you can use in future playthroughs so like you could play a couple easy um difficulties kind of get get a un- feel of the game and then you can take those like built up players into the harder difficulties so you're not like going in vanilla which uh which i kind of do like half and half like i'll go vanilla sometimes to like get the full experience but it, it gets difficult so sometimes you need uh you know the good starting bonus but uh, stay to k to k2 probably the best zombie game out there wow great review i've never played it but it sounds compelling all right and state of decay 2 and now for my number two, and I did FPSs. So I split my FPSs into two things. One is LAN and the other is like Wi-Fi. So Wi-Fi, I have Battlefield 1. I'm playing that right now. I've been playing that since PlayStation 4. I play it now on Xbox One. Battlefield 1, you can have like 64 on 64. That is what we're looking at is like one of the behemoths, an airship that went down. This game's so sick. And I either made a sniper or a medic. 
and I'm pretty good. Every time I get in the top three, I take a screenshot and I have a lot of them. <laughs> and now nice. for for the the LAN, uh, this is Halo 2. We're on coagulation. Classic. You can see it. You can see a banshee's about to pull off. I remember uh, doing throwing stickies at those, or like getting in them and going to the sniper spots on different levels. But that uh, would be my favorite number two game if we're playing land. All right, Sweet. number two for you is um, yeah. So my top two, I'll preface this by saying my top two are both games that I would instantly spend like the most amount of money for remakes or remasters. So my first, second, top two is Need for Speed Underground 2. By far my favorite racing game ever. Played it on GameCube when I was a kid. I still turn it on now and play. It, it had like the best customizations in my opinion. Uh, I, like I love racing up my car to look like just stupid. And, I, and this was the game. The racing obviously was like not the greatest because you can just like ride a wall and like, like you, know, you know, you can just crash and keep going. But if they remastered this game, which I don't know why they haven't, because I feel like this was the best Need for Speed game, I would buy it in a heartbeat. I'd buy three copies just to say thank you for making a remaster. And um, yeah, Need for Speed Underground 2, GameCube was the fucking bomb. The bomb. Damn. Well, you heard it here, and I won't contest because uh, I'm not a huge racing fan. Uh, but <laughs> all, all power to you. All right, and number one, I mean, this isn't even in question right now. I mean, obviously, OOT, the Ocarina of Time, is the best video game ever created. My favorite activity in the game was catching fish so big that they wouldn't fit on the screen. Uh, I remember writing that down on a note and leaving it for my dad because he was, like, working late. And when he got home, I was asleep, but he read that note, and I said, like, Hey, Dad, guess what? I caught a fish so big they couldn't fit it on the screen. Um, and, uh, you know, my favorite song in the game is this one. And if you can figure out, Chewy, do you remember where this is from? I don't. I don't remember. So I won't. I can't spoil it. Well, I'm playing it for the audience right now. Chewy, you probably can't hear it. But it's like, do-do-do, do-do-do, Do you remember that one? I do. I do. It's been, it's, I didn't play Zelda too much. I played a little bit, but that was when I didn't, I never replayed it. So I, oh, okay. I have a vague memory of this. Well, uh, it's uh, one to replay. It is the greatest game of all time. And I'll pass it on to you for number one. Well, my greatest game of all time has got to be Pokemon Emerald on Game Boy Advanced. Um, I've, my playthroughs on this is probably over 100. Like as a kid, this I played this game on my Game Boy Advance all the time. I had a bunch of other Pokemon games. This was the only one I'd ever replay. As an adult, every phone I've gotten, I've purchased an emulator and downloaded this game so I could play on my phone. I'm playing a playthrough right now on my phone again. Uh, the, the Elite Four, they're not Elite. I've beat them thousand times <laughs> like this is how much i love this game i'm pretty upset they haven't re remastered this game too but you know what i'm kind of glad because i want them to like perfect it i want them to make this like the perfect remastered pokemon game so mm. i can buy it on my switch play it and uh 
yeah, Pokemon Emerald, best Pokemon game ever, Gen 3. Uh, I'm going to go through my start, my, my, my six Pokemon real quick, if I can remember. So we got Machamp, Alakazam, uh, Gyarados, and Rayquaza, and now I'm forgetting my last two. Oh, Sharpedo, and I can't remember my, my last one, uh, but that's okay. Either way, I love this game, and um, I'm probably going to get a Pokemon tattoo something related to this game or these Pokemon. Yeah, Moltres. <laughs> Moltres, Moltres. All right. Uh, well, all right. Well, that leaves us for our conversation with Doug. Yeah, and real quick, everyone, comment your top five video games in the YouTube video or in the Discord. Because uh, I think it's really cool that everyone posted their top five uh, movies. It's really cool getting to know everyone and seeing what everyone likes. Yeah. The more that you can share, the greater the fruit that we bear. So with that in mind, we're going to move over to Doug. So here we have four-time All-Star Game player, one-time All-Star Game coach, two-time All-Pro, two-time uh, two games that two times played in the World Cup, uh, two awards, the goals ambassador, as well as the defense defense of the year and the season two cup champs and the owner of the Las Vegas Sinners and good friend of mine, Doug Britton. Doug, how are you today? I'm doing well. I figured we were going to run out of time for my segment of that I, introduction. I, I had to, uh, my mouth dried up talking so much going, going over all those, uh, all those awards there. But uh, thank you for coming on to the show. Welcome to Ringside. It's been a long time coming. And um, yeah, we'll start off with the first and foremost question. How did you join and hear about goals? Uh, started back, I guess I was playing in the SFL with Craig. Yeah, I was also on his, I guess, his team in the BFL when he just knew me from the two leagues. So he asked me one time in chat if I knew anything about hockey, and I said, well, I'm a little bit of a historian, don't really follow much now. And he asked me if I wanted to come join and be an owner, and it went from there. Nice. Awesome. Very interesting. Um, what, what drew you to Las Vegas here? Did you have a choice? Yeah, I started out, I was going to be actually the New Jersey Devils, because I'm a Devils fan. Um, mm -hmm. But then I was on the Vegas team in SFL. I was on the Vegas team on B in BHB. So I decided, hey, why not make it triple Vegas and go ahead and be the Vegas Golden Knights <laughs> in the first season? Nice. So, so you're, I guess, uh, leading to our next question, like you're talking about all these different leagues. Uh, so kind of like a multi multi question here, but, uh, what other sim leagues are you in? Uh, what's the most amount of sim leagues you've been in at one time? And like, when did you first start and like join, like, when did you first start and hear about sim leagues? All right. I guess I'll start with the last first, just that's the easiest. Um, I basically was just flipping through the TV channels one day and, January of 2000 and ran across the SFL being played on television. Saw the link to be able to go 
to the website to make a player. I thought it was kind of neat that they were on TV, all that kind of stuff. So I joined them first in January 2022. Kind of a funny story um, because, and this is what I try and tell draft picks in our league as well, it's not really how well your player performs on the field because I was the second best wide receiver statistics-wise in the SFLM, their minor league program. And I didn't get drafted until round seven, pick 132 of the season 15 draft and actually got drafted as a fullback, not a wide receiver, even though I was the best second. <laughs> and it wow. had to do with, I was I was new to sim leagues. I didn't realize how important progressions were, talking in the chat rooms. Right. anything like that to make yourself noticeable to owners. I'd even muted my locker room because I didn't like all the <laughs> notifications I I was getting on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be why I dropped. So. Right. so sorry, just to clarify, what, when did you say you joined SFL? In January of 2020. 2020. Nice. Oh. Two years ago. You, you, yep. you started your sim league journey. So I guess to repeat kind of a couple questions. So, uh, like how many sim leagues have you been in at one time? Like what's the most you've been in? The most is 12 at one time. Oh, I've probably wow. been in about, probably been in about 20 overall. And I'm narrowed it down to about eight at this current time. <laughs> With probably, probably SFL, the ESL, which is a racing league. Um, Shoot, the SABL, which is Sam Yeager's baseball league. He's in this league as well. Yeah. Those are did, really the main three. Yeah. Did you uh, did you end up joining up on uh, the Project X football, the new league, uh, I think, uh, Trunnin and uh, Evan started? Evan. I have not yet. Um, I like the number eight. <laughs> yeah. But... Fair, fair. But it it'll probably end up getting into the mix before it all before it's all over. Yeah. Well, the, the draft is in a couple of weeks, so uh, uh, yeah, definitely join up if you haven't. And for anyone else, Project X Football uh, Football League started by our deputy commissioner, another owner in our league. Very similar to goals. Super casual. You progress once a week and watch a couple of games. So, anyways, back to uh, back to this regularly scheduled interview. <laughs> Potty, what do you got next for uh, Doug? I want you to, to talk to me here. Talk about what your season looks like as a deputy commissioner and as an owner, please. Oh, geez. As a deputy commissioner, I love to see all the new blood coming into the league. Um, of course, it adds a lot more work to behind the scenes with creating the players and doing the progressions and everything, but I love to see the growth. We're not really advertising anywhere right now, so just the word of mouth growth is huge for this league right now. Um, yeah. As an owner, we're having a great first 20 great twenty games. I love the group that I've got in the locker room. Had a couple scares at the beginning of the year with some player personnel that I thought I was losing, but able to hold on to, so that has helped us greatly. And just waiting to hopefully bring the second cup to Vegas the end of the season. Nice. Yeah, obviously would love to see you win it. Not as much as I'd love to see Dublin win it. But uh, uh, 
I mean, you've done so much for the league, and I'm going to kind of, like, ask it again, but, like, different words. So, like, what, like, if you were to describe what you do in a week uh, to help the league, because people, some people don't know what work uh, we do in, behind the scenes. So kind of talk about what you're doing, you know, daily and, and like, every week. Well, I do my best to get in and do my team's stats every night. That's number one. I've been posting most of the screenshots for the stats people to be able to record the stats every night. Um, shoot. Rosters comes up. Luckily, this year we've had Trevor and Biff and yourself step up to put those on the sheets. So I've been able to step back from that a little bit, but that takes quite a bit of time there, too. Um, and I've basically been focusing on the in-game portion of that, which is inputting the progressions into the game and also creating all the new players, doing all the transactions in-game, that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, like, pretty much every weekend, while everyone thinks kind of goals is on rest, Doug spending, you know, the weekend putting in progressions and uh, making sure the game is ready for next week, which is awesome. Uh, one thing that a lot of people don't know is he's pretty much uh, set up a bunch of streamers for the league. I won't go more into it unless you want, unless you don't want to. But yeah, you've you've helped. You've definitely helped the league get to where it is. So a huge thank you from us. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to showcase kind of like how important you are to the league because I don't think a lot of people know. Well, I appreciate that. This isn't a pat on the back session. This is just an interview. But thank you for that. Well, you deserve it for sure. <laughs> well, I must say I wasn't totally aware before this, but knowing going forward, super grateful for, you know, what you do as well. Um, and it makes me wonder, you know, a question that, you know, would logically come up next, which is, you know, what is your interest in Disney? <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> That probably started when I was a kid. I guess the mom got me into, I guess, like the Golden Book series where they would come uh -huh. out and deliver to your home every once a week or once a month or however often it was. And they were the Disney books. And so I got to read those and enjoyed those. Then as I got married, the wife is also big into Disney. Mm -hmm. So that helped out. Took our honeymoon there when Disney World was doing their 25th anniversary oh, celebrated nice. their 50th their 50th with my 50th birthday when we went this year mm. um little funny story there the wife had a part-time job at the disney store and when she oh, yeah. left I, I had to go to work at the disney store to keep the <laughs> discount <laughs> no way so wow. And that's why we have, I guess, like the formal living room. I've, I've shared pictures on the Discord, but of, of the Disney room that I have yeah. <laughs> in the if, house. If, if you're cool with it, we, we may have to tweet it uh, with, with, on, our, on our Twitter when this episode comes out. Because I, I think people need to know like, how, into, like, how, your, how much your family is into, into Disney. Yes. And that's why the email and everything is into Disney, so... It, it all works out. Sweet. Well, uh, it, I mean, you know, thanks for coming on. It's been awesome talking to you. We got one final question that we ask everyone. And uh, I know your vision of this league is 
out there and I would I want to ask where do you see the league in five years? Five years, believe it or not, I still see it around. I've been in enough sim leagues to see them come and go and have power struggles and everything else and it not work out. Um, I think the leadership of this group and the owners that we have are a good group of people and I think we can keep it together, which is first and foremost, <laughs> being here in five years. Um, and then Unfortunately, I feel we're getting to the point that maybe after one more expansion in a season or two, that's going to pretty much cap us out. Um, and we may end up having to turn people away because there's just not enough hours in the day to stream, to do all the behind the scenes work, everything like that. That's probably two, three years out, <laughs> but right. I could see a point where we get just maxed as a league and what we can do. Yeah. Well, hopefully, um, you know, the game and, you know, things arise where it could help us in a way. Cause yeah. Like yeah. EA said, could help us. EA <laughs> could help us out tremendously if they would allow certain things in the game. Yeah. Uh, but I don't foresee that happening. So I'm, I'm optimistic well, with the growth. We're going to, be able to grow we're going to be able to expand but at some point it's gonna have to stop yeah yeah i mean even this season i think uh we're averaging probably around five to ten player new players a week obviously not including like people leaving or retiring or, or just losing interest in the league but it's steady growth is nice uh because it's a little more manageable uh than you know the, the large like 200 player 150 player like influx in a season but yeah, I mean, uh, great talking to you, Doug. Do you have any final shout-outs uh, or anyone or anything you want to mention before uh, we log off here? Well, just like I mentioned a little earlier, it's just the people that work behind the scenes in this league to make everything work on the ice. Just the hours that everybody puts in, I greatly appreciate. And... Uh, Hopefully, we'll get to the point where we can get some more staff in to take some burden off of these people. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. All right. Well, Doug, thanks uh, thanks for your time. You know, like I said, long time coming. You're the last commissioner to get on here. And, uh, yeah, we, we hope to have you on again soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it, buddy. All right, and now we're back from our conversation with Doug. What a great conversation. Chewy, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, Doug's a, a staple in the league, a, an amazing guy. He's always, like, willing to help. Uh, he's done, like, there's so much he's done for the league, I can't even fathom. So thank you, Doug, for coming on. It was a long time coming, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again on the show. All right, until next time, this is Rinkside.